Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. This series called Above All, and we have been studying all of the different miracles that Jesus performed here on earth during his earthly ministry. And so what I want to do now is take us to John chapter 5, the book of John chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, and we are going to continue reading about another miracle that Jesus did. Let's read it together. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. There were crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lying underneath the porches. Now, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Come on, 38 years. That's a long time to be sick. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, he asked this man, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am trying to get there, someone else always gets ahead of me. So Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath day. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. It's illegal for you to carry your sleeping mat. Think about that for a second. This should have been a miracle that was celebrated. But instead, the Pharisees are saying, you can't be healed on the Sabbath day. And so this man replied, the man who healed me said to me, pick up your sleeping mat and walk. Who said such a thing, demanded the Pharisees. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now that you are well, pay attention to this, now that you are well, stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went to find the Jewish leaders and told them, it was Jesus who has healed me. For the next few moments, I want to preach to you on this thought, the pool is not your problem. The pool is not your problem. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for these moments that we've shared. We're so thankful, God, for the opportunity to come into your presence with worship once again. Now, my prayer right now is wherever this message is being watched from, whether it's at home, on the road, maybe even in a break room, Father, I just pray that your spirit would meet your people. I pray that their understanding, Lord God, would be open, that they would receive what your spirit is saying, and not just to receive the word, Father, but I pray you put in them the conviction to apply and to do your word. We ask all these things in the name of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The pool is not your problem. When I was 18 years old, I was completely wrecked by God at my local youth camp. Come on, how many church kids growing up, growing up uh, how many church kids that are watching online grew up going to their local youth camp. And and I remember having this encounter with God in my youth camp and immediately following that that very um, pivotal altar call uh, where we came and just 
on our knees on the floor just praying and crying out to God. I knew what I needed to do. I needed to put my secular college on hold for a second and then go into Bible college and pursue a degree in theology. So I told my dad, I said, Dad, you know, I really feel like this is what I need to be doing. I really feel like God is putting this burden and this passion on the inside of me to pursue ministry. And my dad, he, he, was, he was totally supportive. And he said, all right, Josh, if that's what you're going to do, let's do it. And he said, you got to do a little bit of homework first. So I had to research into the different colleges, and I found the one that I wanted to go into. And it required that I come up with a down payment. Now, I, I thought that because I was going to Bible college and I was pursuing God's best plan for my life, my dad was just going to take out the checkbook, write a check, and give it to the school, and I'd be on my way. However, (laughs) my dad was a little more concerned about me growing as a young man than just simply going and get a degree in theology. So my dad said, Josh, if you want to go to Bible college, you are going to have to save your money, because I was working at the time, you're going to have to save up and come up with a down payment for yourself. And I remember at the time thinking, well, come on, Dad, I know you can write the check. You got it. You're good for it. But my dad was trying to get me to mature and to trying to get me to grow up. And, and he saw that this was going to help me so much more in the long run. And now that I'm a father and I got my three little boys, they're far from college, but I understand. So, Dad, if you're watching online, I got you. I got you. I see you. <laughs> now, now I say all of that because I want to use this story, the one that we just read right now about this lame man at the pool of Bethesda. And I want to take these scriptures and get you to see that God was more concerned about the healing and the growth of this man than he was about following the protocols that came with the pool. So let's dig into the text right now. In John's gospel, we come to this familiar passage of scripture of the healing at Bethesda. Jesus is in town. He's at Jerusalem, the Bible says. And most scholars believe he's at Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover. And while Jesus was in town celebrating the Passover, he ventures over to the pools at Bethesda. He just happens to make his way over to the pools. And when he does, he strikes up a conversation with this man that we've read about in our text. And he has been sick and he has been paralyzed for 38 years. Now, Jesus asks him this question, which, you know, seems like a pretty silly question to ask. Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? And of course, you know, I thought that was a silly question until I saw the man's response. Because if, I, if you think for one second Jesus was asking a silly question, the man's response is even sillier. Because instead of just saying, yeah, I want to get made well, can you help me out? He begins to start talking about all of the things and all of the reasons why He can't get better. He starts talking about, well, the angel comes and stirs the waters, and the first one gets gets into the waters. He gets his healing. I've got no one to help me. No one believes in me. There's no one championing my cause, and I just can't do it. What's crazy about this is as I was reading this passage of Scripture preparing for today, I wrote in my notes, even the sick people had a system. Think about that for a second. There was this system in place in order for someone you get healed. And, and, and even with all of these people and, and all of their infirmities, and, and it could have been a whole host of issues that they were struggling with, this, this, this man says, I can't get any better because there's a system in place and I never make it into the waters in time. 
But that got me thinking, where did this system come from? Where did this line of thinking come from that the first one into the pool would be healed? So I started doing some digging. And here's what I found out. Archaeological discoveries at the pool of Bethesda, um, they have discovered several statues to the Greek god Asclepius. And Asclepius is the god of medicine. If you ever look at an image of him, he's got this rod with a serpent wrapped around it. And for those of you that work in health, you know that that rod with a serpent wrapped around it is still used as the, the symbol of medicine, at least here in the United States. And, and, and so this pool of Bethesda with all of these statues of this god Asclepius was not, get this, was not Jewish custom. It's not Jewish culture. You won't find this in the Old Testament. This isn't part of Moses' law. What this was is Greek influence, also referred to as Hellenism. So Greek influence right there in the city of Jerusalem. Think about that for a second. This is the city of David. This is the capital of the nation of Israel. And there are these outside forces, Hellenism, that have marked and created systems in order for people like the Jews to be healed. And I think this is the reason why Jesus came to the pool. He came to the pool and he's looking around like, what is this? This isn't anything that I told Moses to do. This isn't any sort of instruction that I've given to any of my prophets. This is a Greek system from healing and it's nothing that I've created. So Jesus can't help himself but to engage. So he asks this man. And keep in mind, Jesus is the son of God, so he knows all this information. Typically, when the son of God starts asking questions, it's for our benefit, our being the reader. So he asks this man, do you want to get well? And this man's response informs us that he's bound by a system, not even a Jewish system. He is bound by a Greek system system, and this system, we'll call it his circumstance, we'll call it his situation, we'll call it his environment, whatever you want to label it as, all of those things prevented him from being healed. Now, here's a first note that I want you to write down, and for those of you that are taking notes at home, write this down, and if you don't take notes, then just write this down anyway, okay? Jesus cares more about you than your circumstance, let me say it this way. Jesus cares more about you than your situation. Let me unpack that for a second. Jesus is the son of God, and he knew what the rules were. He knew what the rules are. Jesus knows that in order for this man to be healed, he has to be the first one in the water. But here's what we've been learning about Jesus week after week. He is above all. Can I get a good amen in the comments section right now? He is the God who is above all. So there is no system that is greater than our God. God is not bound by a virus. God is not bound by culture. God is not bound by politics. God is not bound by anything that is man-made. If there is anything that, is, that God is bound by, he is only bound by his word. Therefore, there is nothing greater than our God. And I say that to remind you that your circumstance does not surprise God. Okay, so you're wondering, where are you going with all this, preacher? God cares more about me and, and than he does my circumstance. Let me put a little more meat on this bone, okay? God is more interested in changing you than he is changing your circumstance. 
Let me say that one more time. God is more interested in changing you than he is in changing your circumstance. Let that sink in for a moment, okay? Some of you have been asking God to deliver you from your environment. Deliver you from your situation. Deliver you from your circumstance. But what if God won't do it until you first change? What if God is waiting to change your environment because he's not even trying to change your environment? The environment is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Your situation and your circumstance, as difficult as it might be, it might be the exact situation and the circumstance that God needs you is, that God needs you in, and he's not trying to change your circumstance. He's trying to change you. He's trying to get you to grow up. He's trying to get you to mature. He's trying to get you in your word. He's trying to teach you how to pray. You see, too often we think that God is here to give us the lifestyle and the environment we want. Come on now. We think of God as this genie up in the, up in the clouds, that, that he is here to fulfill our requests to give us our best life. And I'm sorry. But if that's what you believe, you're not reading the same Bible that I am reading because God's primary objective is to seek and to save the lost. That's it. God's objectives is that no man will perish. So get this for a second. God's will for your life has nothing to do with the car you drive and the purse that you have on. That, those things, material things are not an indication of God's blessing over your life. Material things is not an indication of God's will for your life. Don't get it twisted. I know there might be some people um, that, that preach on television stations and they try to tell you that those things are a sign of God's approval. That's not in the Bible. That is not in the Bible. Stop thinking that God is here to create the perfect environment in order for you to live your best life. What God wants out of you is a relationship with him. And what he wants out of you is for you to live out his purpose for your life. So God asked this man, do you want to be well? And what does this man do? He starts talking about his environment. Well, I'd be better if I had someone to help me. I'm glad that you asked. I'd be better if I was faster. I'm glad that you asked. I'd be better if I was first. And sometimes this is the way we talk to God in our prayers. You know, God, it'd be so much better if you just removed this person from my life. And God, it'd be so much better if you, you just gave me a $10,000 raise. I know I've done nothing to earn it, God, but it'd just be so much better. And God, it'd be so much better if I had the latest BMW, not the 2019, but God, could you give me the 2020? <laughs> and, and, and many times we, we go to God with this sort of stuff. There's this silly things. And here's the deal. Jesus decides not to play by these rules. So when this guy says, I, I'd be a whole lot better if I had a better environment, Jesus looks at him and says, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Jesus said, I'm not playing by these rules. And I'm not here to play by this environment. This isn't even something that I created. This is a Greek tradition. This isn't even the Jewish tradition. So I'm not even here to play by these rules because these rules don't apply to me. And, and, and frankly, I'm playing basketball and they're playing baseball. So, so, so Jesus is under no proclivity to follow these rules. He says, stand up, pick up your mat, and start walking. And that's what this person does. The Bible says immediately this man is healed. He grabs his mat and he begins to go about his way. Come on, someone thank God in the comments section for the miracle that happened in his life. 
But this is too good. I want you to watch this now, okay? Not only did Jesus defy the rules of this pagan ritual, but Jesus knew full well it was the Sabbath. So when Jesus told this man, get up and pick up your mat, he wasn't just about to defy the system of the Helen, uh, this Hellenistic system, but he was about to defy the Jewish system of the Sabbath day. Yeah, when Jesus said, pick up your mat, that was intentional. He was counting on this man being seen by Pharisees. And when the Pharisees saw him, they, they, they stopped him. They said, you, you can't be carrying your mat. That's considered work. And you can't be working right now. It's the Sabbath day. And here's my favorite part of the story, okay? There's just parts of the Bible that just tickle me. And this is one of them. Because when they asked this man, you can't carry your mat on the Sabbath, he said, yes, I can, because that man told him to. <laughs> Think about that for a second. He said, that man. This, he, this was Jesus, y'all. Okay, He didn't even know who it was. This was the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him bodily. And this guy says, him. <laughs> That man, I don't even know his name. He left before I could get it. But that guy, that's almost like saying that dude right there. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you might not want to call him that. But that's what it was like. And, and this man just said, well, I, I'm only doing what that guy told me to tell you who. I don't know. He's gone. But it was just some guy, just some random guy told me to do this. And this is why I'm doing it. So Jesus, this is what he does. He, he defies the system of the Greeks and he defies the system of the Jews. And I love that about God. Can I make an application here about this man right now? Because I just can't help it sometimes. But this man, I, I love the fact that he didn't know who Jesus was. And let me just tell you this. You don't have to know everything there is to know about God in order to do God's will for your life. I'll say that again. You don't have to know everything there is to know about God in order to do God's will for your life. God said, stand up, take your mat. And that's what this guy did. Some of you are watching online. You know that God is calling you to do something and you're not doing it because you feel like you don't know enough about God. And I'm here to tell you, just like this man didn't even know who Jesus was, but he obeyed, you got to step out. Even if you don't have all of the information, you have got to go. Don't wait until you have all the information. As a matter of fact, if you had all the information, you might not want to go because that's sometimes the way that God works. But when God says go... Even if you don't know much about him, be like this man and just go. Now, let me, let me get back to the Pharisees for just a moment. Jesus didn't just mess with the system of the Greeks. He messed simultaneously with the system of the Jews. And here's the last point that I want to make. God does that because God moves in spite of our environment. God moves in spite of our environment. And, and I, I'm going to just bear my heart here and tell you that, that we're seeing this firsthand in North County. We're seeing that firsthand at Lighthouse Church because we are in the middle of a global pandemic, and this is the time where God wants to give us a building. I have no rationale for it. I have no explanation for it. This is a time when we ought to just bunker down, but instead God is accelerating the church. and He's saying things that might have uh, taken you years to accomplish, you're going to accomplish in your first year. You see, when, when you are less concerned about your environment and more concerned about what God is trying to do through you, God will cause you to flourish even in the middle of a pandemic. God will cause you to succeed even when you're in the middle of a desert. God will cause you to move on to greater things even when the world is falling apart 
all around you. Get this into your spirit right now. Stop asking God to fix your problems and start asking him, God, fix me. God, I want you to fix me. It's, it's, I, I know there's some things going on around me, and I'm not happy about them, and there's, there's a mess happening all around me, but God... Help me not to miss the point. Help me not to miss the fact that through this all, you could grow me. Through this all, you could mature me. Through this all, I can come out of this even better. And I'm coming to a close now. Let me take you back to this man one more time. Just in case you think, well, Pastor Josh sure took a lot of liberty with those applications today. Well, well check. Let's finish the story, okay? Let's finish the story. The next time that Jesus catches up with this man, he's now in the temple. Because remember, this man was like, Jesus disappeared. He didn't even know his name. He said, well, some guy told me to carry my mat. I'm only doing what I was told. Later, the Bible says Jesus runs into this man at the temple. And, and, and this is what Jesus tells him. He goes, hey, now, now that you are well, stop sinning. <laughs> I love that about Jesus. I love that about Jesus. Last week, we just finished singing a song about the reckless love of God. He is that. He will chase you down. He will leave the 99 to come and get you. But this is what he does. Once he gets you, he says, now stop all that mess. He told the woman, go and sin no more. He told this paralyzed man, now that you are well, stop sinning. Did you catch that? I, I, uh, I can't help but wonder, you know, like, what in the world did this guy do when he was paralyzed? Like, like what could he have possibly been into? And, and I think that what God was telling him is, now that I've done this in your life, you can't go back to the way you used to be. I believe it was more than just a physical healing. I believe that there was a spiritual healing as well. Why? Because this man wasn't looking for a move of God for his healing. No, no, no. He, he went to a pagan tradition the pool of bethesda he went where there was a pagan tradition in order to find his healing he was trying to find his healing outside of god and so i believe the broader application that jesus was saying now that i've touched your life and now that i've marked you you can't go back to the way things used to be and you can't go back to who you used to be. And there's someone that's watching right now and you've been growing so much through this pandemic. You can identify with this man who received a healing even though his environment was falling apart. Some of you have grown so much during this pandemic. Let me tell you what Jesus told this paralyzed man. You can't go back. You can't go back. You see, the pool was not the problem in the story. The problem was this man. It was misplaced faith. It was believing in a system that did not originate out of the mouth of God. And so I propose to you that whatever you are supposed to learn in this season, absorb it. You can flourish in the middle of a pandemic. You never have to be the same. But once you've done the thing that God's called you to do, don't go back now. Don't be that pre-pandemic person that you were. Your prayer life can't go back. Your Bible reading can't go back. Your devotion can't go back. Your, your intimacy with the Father, you can't go backwards from here. God is calling you out in spite of your circumstances. Now, now some of you that are watching, I'm going to lead you in prayer. Some of you need to, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, take your eyes off of the situation and put your eyes squarely on him. Look at him because he's trying to do something in you and through you. Stop looking 
everywhere else and look to your Father. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for the moment. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.